Annyeong, and welcome to Halley Juku, starring Brandon Cooper and myself, Petey Rave. This is episode 40. Kaz and Petey rant about the industry again. Enjoy! Buenos nachos, amigos, and welcome to another fine episode of Halley Juku. I'm Petey Rave. Your man with no plan. Here with me, as always, is my friend, Brandon Cooper, aka Keycaz. Uh, I, I meant Brandon Cooper, or Brandon Cooper? I don't, I don't know. W- what's your name again? King Cass. Mm-hmm. King Cass. Uh, how you doing, Cass? I'm doing really, really good. I finally got a chance to, uh, catch up on some shows that I've been missing out on and catch up on some other stuff. So it's been a pretty good week, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another fine week for us. And of course, as we do every week, we are going to check in with each other on what we've been listening to this week. Kaz, <coughs> what have you been listening to this week? This week, uh, I've, I've gone back to promoting Year of the Rapper so that I can do, uh, more rap music and all that good stuff. So I figured I'd start us with something that we both generally enjoy, which is a cipher. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, which I think we've explained this three times at this point, cipher is a bunch of rappers, one beat, uh, go one after another, and I thought this one was pretty good, uh, it figure it features figures a lot of uh unknown rappers to me there are a few i know like uh zizo and cheetah uh some of the other guys in here i don't know that well but i really 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 enjoyed the cypher i really enjoyed the beat and i really enjoyed the pace of the flow that everybody had going and it was really really good yeah this was a really cool flow i had watched this earlier when you shared to me and it was uh it was interesting Kind of, uh, having the, the people with instruments and stuff in the background, but, uh, it was fun. And, uh, I don't know that the one thing that stood out for me was the person complaining that it wasn't alive. Quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Like, if that matters. <laughs> right. <coughs> yeah, but it, it overall it was pretty fun. And I was like seeing, I was like seeing that, uh, they include, uh, the, the little bit of, uh, the girl rapping, you know. Uh, and I was, I always enjoy that part, uh, in one, yeah. you know, in any of these things when that can happen. Yeah, I, I do as well. Like, I, I'm really loving the more I learn about the Korean hip hop scene. Like, it, it really, 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 it makes me feel happy that I, I came to this realization on my own that I thought it needed to be promoted more. But then the more and more I learn about it, the more I realize that it doesn't, it doesn't need my help, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's like people, it like Koreans are starting to embrace hip hop more and more and it's just starting to show. And there's, and there's also that real divergence that, that we've talked about between pop rap and hip hop in Korea. Yeah. And I think it just is going to show itself more that people are going to start gravitating towards people who are putting real skill into it. Not to say that, that the kind of poppy rap stuff or idol rap, uh, as a lot of the hip hop artists call it, uh, isn't good and doesn't show skill. It just is another form of it. Um, yeah. 
but you know we're talking about something generally different so moving on to my next song by verbal joint uh it's called rare breed featuring ydg who anybody who's a fan of korean rap knows ydg uh He's been around the game for a while, and Verbal Joint is a, a really, really good artist uh, whose songs are generally hit and miss with me. There aren't a lot of Verbal Joint uh, songs that I like, but this is one that I really have enjoyed. Um, and I just love the style of the video as well. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, Verbal Joint, yeah. Uh, I've heard him in stuff that uh, I've dug, and he's guested on stuff. Uh, I believe... <laughs> He's got some on something I listened to recently, uh, and I, I'm not actually as familiar with, uh, YDG or Yandong, uh, Yandong Guk, if you can read the Korean there. Uh, but yeah, this song is pretty cool. The, the, the video is interesting as well. The, the dude, uh, just kind of strolling around with his, uh, with his, uh, lady servants, mm-hmm. which is odd and maybe a little disconcerting, but hey, you know what? It, it's hip hop, yo. Yeah. I'm gonna go to my next one because we have a lot of songs uh, uh-huh. in the what we've been listening to this week. So MC Sniper, who's someone else that has come across my radar recently. I know he's been around for a bit, uh, but I've recently uh, come across him. So like, like like we always say with the with the what you've been listening to, sometimes there will be artists in here that have been around for a while, but they may not have necessarily been on me, me and PD's radar. So when we say they're new, we're just generally saying they're new to us. Yeah. So, you know, that that's one of those things. And if you if you want to write in, you know, or te- or tweet us and say, hey, no, he's been around for a while. Here's some of his older stuff. Look at listen to some of this stuff. Definitely. I would love that because what I'm what this stuff right here from from MC Sniper was so good. Um, and I just I just love the style of his flow and 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 the the progression he follows with the beat because it's, it starts out kind of really low and really fast. And then it yeah. just like has kind of a cool drop and then he just kind of progresses faster with it and it just gets really good. And there's some weirdness of, uh, in the video of like, I think he's killing someone. <laughs> I think so. I think he's killing somebody and I think it's the subject for which he's uh, rapping about. If you yes. look at the lyrics right down there, uh, there's actually, and, and somebody says it's an old, uh, member of his label. Uh, <clears throat> this is a diss rap on, uh, I, I, I I, I enjoy this musically. Uh, I don't enjoy everything about this song in this video. Uh, yeah. Namely, I don't enjoy the, hey, the, I'm gonna call myself Tupac and the calling his subject uh, repeatedly calling him gay. <laughs> gay <laughs> bastard. Those two parts I could have done without, like, it just kind of took me, took me a little bit out of it, but the, the whole, how it went musically and how it met, went flow wise and the aggression was really there, uh, because it's hard to, it's very easy for when you're talking about, uh, uh hip hop and career, it's very easy for, it, it's a very fine line between uh, successfully aggressive and, uh, aggression and hard hi- style hip hop done well and try yeah. hard. <laughs> There's <laughs> a very fine line and, and it depends on how you carry yourself and it depends on how much you try, how much you pretend and how honest you are and how honest you are to who your personality is. 
and I think they do the, they do it well. This is very, it fits their personality really well. Those couple of parts I could do without, but I think this fits yeah. their, their personality well. Uh, but yeah, moving on to, to MC Sniper. MC Sniper. Uh, uh, so this is something I wanted to, to kind of showcase because I, I don't, I don't rap is kind of this silly thing and stuff like that. And, and I wanted to give respect to uh, an idol rapper uh, and not the same idol rappers that I give respect to over and over again. So this guy is a still considered an um, up and coming rapper, and an up and coming idol. Uh, he's a YG trainee from Team B, who most people know, uh, Team A and Team B, uh, who were in a contestant show called Winner to see who was going to be YG's next group. Uh, he was. His name is Bobby. He was unfortunately part of Team B, which didn't get picked to be YG's next project. But Team B got kept on, and now they're in a new show where they have to fight for their survival uh, in their own group, Icon. Um, But in between all that, uh, the two rappers of Team B, or Icon, uh, Bobby and and, uh, B.I., took part in a show uh, that was earlier this year uh, and wrapped up not too long ago called show me the money three, which is a show of taking young hip hop artists and, and producing them in a American idol style show. Uh, but there's a lot of battling. There's a lot of hip hop style things that happen. And then uh, you get to the last part of the show where they have to come up with and compose songs and perform them. Um, and I thought, this was a song that Bobby did really well. Uh, like he kind of stole the show, which is kind of also a controversy that a lot of people say B.I. and Bobby kept getting by on the show, even though they didn't really showcase a lot of skill. But I think of the two of them, uh, there are some times that I thought B.I. did get saved along the show, but Bobby really has skill as a rapper. And I think this opportunity to showcase it was really good for him. Um, he's up on that balcony like he's new Jack about to jump on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I just wanted to, to show that, you know, there are people out there in the idol rap scene that have a lot of skill at actually being rappers. I think Top has a lot of skill at actually being a rapper. I think GD has a lot of skill. I think Jay Park has a lot of skill. But I would consider them idol rappers. But I would never disrespect their hip hop style in any way. So I just wanted to showcase Bobby, give him that, that sense of, of what I'm trying to say when you're looking for hip hop music and you're looking for something different and you're looking for those things that still have a lot of similarities to the rap music that you hear here in America, try something different. Korean hip hop has what you're looking for. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, 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 there's so many different styles and I'm, I'm glad they're branching out. Uh, it, it's still, it's still growing, uh, you know, and, but it, it's been growing since, uh, you know, since Satagi and the boys <laughs> came mm-hmm. up and said, Hey, let's do this new thing. Uh, yeah. and, but it's been growing ever since. And it's really cool to see it kind of here, you know, hashtag you're the rapper is going strong. Uh, yes. and, and I couldn't <laughs> be more happy about that. Uh, but now for something completely different, uh, <laughs> 
Uh, as you know, I'm, I'm the one that's prone to, uh, bring up the girl groups. <laughs> uh, bring in the girl groups just cause I, I, I think they're fun. Uh, and there was a, uh, I'm gonna go through a couple of these things and there was a, a, a debut, uh, from the sister group, uh, you would say, of Dalshabet, uh, you know, from the same label, Half of His Entertainment, uh, Minx came up with their late, uh, their song, uh, Why Did You Come to My House? Why Did You Come to My Home? Uh, uh, Urishipe, uh, Werni, uh, and I just thought it, it, it was an interesting debut and it was a fun song and they seem pretty fun and, and I think it's, uh, there are parts of it that actually do a good job of, uh, <clears throat> marking the group in a little unique ways and the singing was really well done and I don't know, it was a fun song. Uh, what, what did you think of, of the Minx? No um, I want to hear more from them. I, yeah. I, this song is really okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like going into my playlist right away. Um, but I did enjoy it. Like I, I did it and, and enjoy their vocals and it was kind of a standard poppy. Oh, we're having fun kind of, uh, like video and yeah. song. Yeah, I um, think uh, so, the 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 hook of the song kind of ha- it was really fun, but yeah, overall it, it's not too exceptional. But it was a good debut. It was, a, you know, it's tough to it's tough out there for girl groups. There's like fifteen hundred girl groups out there, you know, all touring the country that we we don't even know like the third or like a fraction of them. Uh, so it's tough to stand out. But uh, yeah, it's a fun song. It's a fun song, and I, I kind of dug it. Uh, but moving on to, to, uh, something else that's really cool and interesting. Uh, I was watching, like, one of the music shows and I saw an, an, a performance, uh, by this solo singer called Wax. Uh, she doesn't appear in this in a music video, but, uh, the solo singer called Wax, who's been around the industry for a while, as from what I can, from what I can tell, uh, for her newest single and for her newest video, uh, she recruited the likes of a group that I've discussed, uh, before on the show, Bebop. Uh, the band Beep, the kind of the girl group band Bebop, uh, mm-hmm. went ahead and she, they accompany her on the music shows and they ap- uh, kind of appear, uh, as the main characters of the music video, uh, for their, for Wax's song, uh, Fly High. And it's a, it's a cool song and it's a cool, interesting video. And it's always cool kind of seeing, uh, that Bebop is still around and doing things around the industry, even though they haven't released anything beyond their first single. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a neat song. Uh, well, what did you think of the, the, the song of this one? Um, I like, I actually liked the song. It, it was, I thought the video was kind of weird because I didn't, I didn't really follow along too well, but like, I, I think I understood the concept of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was, it was a nice song. I thought it was pretty good and, and I enjoyed it overall. Once again, not, not a song I instantly gravitate towards to, but something that could probably grow on me if I heard it more and yeah. listen to it, you know. Yeah. The, the packaging of the girls, uh, very kind of, uh, evocative of the industry and they're kind of interesting, but it's a cool song mm-hmm. and also made me, uh, look uh, at some of the other stuff they've done with other people. Uh, a, a video that I had seen before, 
but I had forgotten about and a video and song that I'd forgotten about it with, uh, their collaboration with Humming Urban Stereo, a really cool indie band, uh, for Mem Mem. Uh, and it, this is a pretty fun video, kind of a, a, a little more natural video and a really, really cool, like, electronic song and really fun song and, and a really cool, like, sound to it. Uh, I don't know, what do you, what do you think, Kaz? This is a really cool, like, indie electronic song that, that I really dug. Um, I kind of enjoyed the, the music of it. The vocals at times were a little whiny, <laughs> but I understood it was trying to kind of go along with the electronic beat and, and the kind of funk of it and, and, pitch you know so it matches really well but it's just like kind of eh, you know like so i don't know it was just I, i'm still kind of out on this one like yeah. i'm gonna listen to it probably a few more times and, and then have a like actual judgment on it i don't want to go off like just two listens really for this song yeah, it, it was a really cool song. I think I remember it being like, uh, mentioned on one of, uh, Eat Your Kimchi's indie playlists and really doing it back then, but then I completely forgot about it. But then I was, uh, uh, it was shared, I think, with a discussion on the previous video. And I thought, well, this is pretty rad. Um, but moving on to something else that was a cool, uh, video that was released by a group that, uh, we both, uh, I think we both have talked about and liked. I think it's specifically in their connection with, uh, my lovely Samsung, which is Classic Wide mm-hmm. Project, which, uh, yep. we have definitely brought up as part of the kind of the, the, the masterminds behind the score and the music on that show. Uh, of course, by, you know, the group headed by DJ Classy, uh, with their newest release, Still on By Your Side, uh, really cool. I, I thought it was a really cool, Really nice atmospheric song as is, you know, uh, as is some of their, their work. Uh, and the video was really cool and interesting and the, the, you know, the split screen and the fact that we, you know, it makes you make assumptions about, uh, the, these two characters and their relationship and then kind of plays around with that and kind of turns that onto something else. And that was a fun thing, but the song is uh, really cool. And I don't know, uh, you know, what, what do you think, Kaz? What, what was your impression of the song? Um, I, I liked it. I, I don't know. I, I maybe, maybe like just biased because they made one of my favorite songs ever. Um, <laughs> with the, with the, you know, the, the song to my lovely Samson, but I think they're a really good group. I think they're a really good band and they make just exceptional music and there's a reason they've been around you know there's a reason they were chosen to make the song that they made for my love with samson and there's a reason that they just kind of continue to have success uh and you know it, yeah. it just is so good yeah this is like if we took we're talking about idols and all that stuff and the you know teeny bopper music but you want to talk about groups that uh everyday koreans actually listen to and respect and are actually popular in over there in Korea, this is one of those groups that, uh, it, it may not have, as you can see, it only has 29,000, uh, YouTube views, but 
I guarantee you this is a tune that's going to be in the minds and it's going to be sing, sung by, you know, Koreans left and right. It's going to be at coffee shops left and right. It, this is, this is kind of what that one of those respected groups and it, and for a reason, this is a really cool song, really cool atmosphere to the song. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad for it existing. It's a really cool track. Uh, and I, I guess since I almost have to, and I've already talked about like four songs, but I almost have to, as the resident someone, <laughs> I almost have to talk about, uh, the Tetiso release. Uh, Tetiso, of course, is the subunit of Girls' Generation made up of Taeyong, Tiffany, and Sohyun, uh, hence Tetiso, or TTS. Uh, they released their newest single, Holler, Holler, uh, recently, this, this past week, and their video as well. Um, <clears throat> I would, if I would say one quick thing is, uh, huh? Yeah, <laughs> like, very meh. It's a very meh song. It's a very meh video. Yeah. Like, it's kind of cartoony and silly, but then it, supposed to be kind of sexy and chic yeah. you know like in the beginning so it kind of throws you off it's really fucking bright and colorful um and one i will give them the point that it does not sound like a girl's generation song yeah <laughs> uh but i mean that in a bad way yeah. you know because uh, it's just like it's not a, it's it doesn't have the the <clears throat> the the expanse that you usually find with a girls' generation song it doesn't have that expanse but it's different I don't know, I think the person that said it best was a reviewer on on Asian Junkie where he said that the, the song is girls' generation on autopilot <laughs> like are on cruise control to be uh, actually specifically this is them on cruise control there's nothing really adventurous there's nothing really exciting there's nothing really new necessarily it's 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 just kind of all right let's just do a thing let's just record a thing do a thing it's a song uh i mean it literally was a repurposed song that they purchased from somebody else it's like uh it's it's okay i think that's all that can be said about it that's not necessarily exciting and it's definitely not the exactly the most exciting release this this year from girls generation but I felt like I had to comment on it. I figure as yeah. the someone of the, of, of the podcast, I had to bring it up. But, uh, that's it for what we've been listening to this week. Uh, I'm going to take a peek at that email I just got. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to get over to our headlines. Alright, welcome back ladies and gentlemen. We are here in our headlines section. We talk about what's been going on this week in the world of East Asian pop culture. Uh, you know, just some of the things that's going on. Uh, let's get right to it. First of all, first article. Uh, Kodakumi utilizes virtual reality technology in new music video. This is, this is interesting to say the least. Uh, Kodakumi's upcoming music video, Dance in the Rain, has been filmed using virtual reality technology available only on the Oculus Rift. Uh, the innovative new music video will make its debut at Tense London, uh, a trade show, uh, from September 18th to the 21st. So apparently it's already debuted. 
Uh, so people have seen this. Uh, and then they go on to describe what an Oculus Rift is. Uh, I imagine most people watching this probably know who Kodakumi <laughs> is and know what an Oculus Rift is, but hey, it's one of them cool headsets and it's actually, looks like it's actually, actually decent. <laughs> uh, and it works really well, so there's that. Um, I yep. don't, it, we, how, I, we don't know how exactly how this is gonna work. Uh, is it, is it gonna be just a panoramic music, you know, panoramic screen that you can turn your head on? Or will you be able to actually get like a 3D experience? I don't know. We can speculate. What was your impression? Or what do you speculate that it might actually be, it might actually look like? Uh, I think it's either gonna be like panoramic, like you said, or it's going to be this first person, uh, Oh, what is the group? Slap your bitch up. Uh, slap my bitch up. I can't think of the group. Prodigy style video where you just like have this person's perspective as things happen. Um, or, or the only other thing I think is this going to be a video that you have to have an Oculus Rift to, to take part in. You have to like put on the headset and yeah. you, you'll, be able to move through the video and shit. Uh, so it just, you know, depends on the implementation of it because I'm pretty sure if they're using that for this, it's going to be some implementation of, of using the Oculus Rift. So yeah. we'll see what it is. We'll see what it becomes. Uh, it's just kind of silly at the moment, <laughs> but who knows? Uh, but who knows? It, 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 I'm, I'm wondering if it's like, if it's going to be CGI. Uh, and so it does say 360 music video experience. So imagine it might just be that the video is happening around you, but you can't get to move around in the video. I mean, I guess that's the one that part that makes sense now thinking about it, but, uh, it, it's, it's, it's interesting what Kodakumi will do for money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it looks like it might be fun to check out. Uh, almost like you kind of wish you were at this trade show. Uh, uh, apparently it's also, if you want to go ahead and check it out, uh, it's also going to be available at the Tokyo Designers Week from October 25th to November, November yeah, 3rd. Yeah, so this is going to be, this is going to be something that you put the Oculus Rift on and you go through a virtual reality music video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to see this unless we go to one of these places that they're showing this at, in which case then you have to then wait in line, put on an Oculus Rift and go through that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, that's that. Uh, so if you're in Tokyo between October 25th and to November 3rd at that Tokyo Designers Week, enjoy. enjoy. <laughs> uh, yeah. but moving on to something else. Uh, US remake of Man from the Stars or, you who came from the stars or my love from another star in the works. Uh, it's yep. just been revealed by the Hollywood reporter that the hit drama series, uh, my love from another star, or however you want to call it is, has an American version of the works by a broadcast station, ABC. Uh, looks like they had to describe that as broadcast station, ABC. Uh, as you probably already know, blah, 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 you know, Kim Soo Young, John Ji Hyun, the queen, uh, ABC's take is described as epic supernatural, as an epic supernatural love story. They forgot the N. Epic supernatural love story about a world famous pop star, Lark, and her antisocial neighbor James, who happened to be who happens to be from another planet. Which is it's the, again from the plot of the original show. If you've seen the show, uh, it, you know the plot. If you haven't, go see it because it's actually a fantastic show and really fun. Uh, 
but yeah, it, it it's it's interesting. It, it, it's it's normal to be kind of uh, reticent about this uh, happening because all right, this isn't the only show that's going to uh, be remade. Apparently, there's going to be a CBS remake of Good Doctor. NBC is working on a remake of Grandpa's Over Flowers, which is interesting. The first uh, variety show remake would be would be interesting. Uh, I don't know. What, what's your impression? Do you think ABC can make a good show out of this subject matter? Or, and do I'm, you think it will? So, all right, here, here's my take, right? I'm instantly going to say no. Only because of shows that we have seen come from the Asian market to the American market in remakes before. This is, has, this has been done before. Um, and usually it's really lackluster. Um, because the writing is generally terrible, it, it just, if you're a fan of the original, it's not going to have the same take and appeal, because there's a lot of cultural references in the way that these shows are written and designed that that make it really hard for them to translate. So, it, it really depends on what the story was beforehand. Something like Good Doctor is going to be handled totally different for an American concept audience than it would have been for a Korean audience. The things that make a good doctor really good are the Korean culture aspects of that show. The way Koreans treat each other, the way Koreans talk to each other, the the way Koreans have a perception of everyday life. Whereas those things don't always exist in American culture. Uh, My Love from Another Star, you can you can translate that. That show's been done in America before. You have Alf, you have um, Mork and Mindy. Uh, (laughs) You know, you have other shows that I think the CW and those kind of channels generally do well with those kind of shows. I don't know how ABC is going to handle this. There's going to be a laugh track and all uh, kind of other shit, and it's going to be terrible. Or maybe not. Uh, uh, well, I mean, it is the, the apparently it's going to be by the rep- writers and producers of Vampire Diaries. Um, Never seen it. Which, from what I hear, is a very much, uh, from what I've, I think, seen of it, it has kind of this, uh, the tone of it has this mix of like, uh, has that mix of kind of the, the dramatic and the melodramatic with kind of those moments that are pretty funny. Uh, now those moments that are funny can be subjective and I haven't really watched a, a, a lot of vampire diaries to see if, if it's actually good. Uh, but it is very easy to, yeah, like you said, to be very wary of what they do with the shows. I think the key thing is, uh, a respecting this, that the source material is good source material and therefore need, deserves a good, uh, adaptation, deserves your utmost attention and appreciation. And B, to focus on the real aspect, the aspects that truly make that source material, uh, good. <laughs> like, you can even focus less on the literal translation of the plot <laughs> then say mostly focus on okay what makes this show good what are the themes elements what are the character points that make this good what is the the central parts that make it good you know like you came from the stars is the kind of exciting uh drama aspects and uh the humor aspects uh it'll be tough with that show because well there i i can't think of a sh- uh, of an uh an American actress that can be Jun Ji Hyun, like Gianna Jun. 
like that character that was basically she was bringing back the, her character from my sassy girl more or less and putting in a tv show i can't like uh, that's the main thing that uh uh asian junkie brings up is that who do we have that is junji hyun in america that would be willing to do tv <laughs> on abc uh we really don't so like we really don't have that so it's going to be tough to really translate that specific character and her humor uh, and, and the specific characters. But if you can get the themes and elements well done, like the biggest, and this is not East Asian, but well, I guess it has a connection. Uh, the biggest crime that the last Airbender movie committed was how much it killed all the humor and fun and adventure of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the movie remake. The movie was a very faithful, with the exception of, you know, uh, uh, with the, I forgot the, the island characters, uh, the female warriors that, that it had, um, um that was, uh, that represented, I, I forget that, there's that missing, but they, the, as far as the literal translation of the plot of season one, it was pretty good. If that's what you wanted. But as far as, having the themes and elements that made you love Avatar the Last Airbender, which was the humor, the characters, the adventure, the you know, the sense of space, the sense of kind of we're going, you know, like the road it was like a road shoot movie, you know, it was this fun adventure that they were going on in the you know drama. Yeah. It fucked all that up. <laughs> Whereas if it had been like loosely based on the plots of season one, they it uh paraphrased some things and uh reattributed and repurposed some things and maybe even changed the setting but still kept all those right. themes and elements where it was funny and had had a sense of adventure and you know had the characters represented well at least the, the themes of the characters it it would have been a better a way better movie than it was which is where i think is the important thing when you're adapting any kind of work is, okay, pick out what are the things that make this good? You know, good doctor, uh, it's about, it's about, you know, understanding, uh, somebody with a, you know, a, a mental illness, you know, understanding and connecting with that person, uh, maybe even doing a better job of, of representing, uh, autism, uh, in this version than they did in the original version, uh, expound on that. And then, you know, understanding somebody who is has this one part of them that is broken but can also contribute greatly in another aspect and maybe making the villains less cartoony like my love for stars the humor the drama the fun uh aspects of like you know that that crazy villain you know <laughs> all those fun things i i think that's going to be the important thing uh i don't know uh, what do you think has uh on those respects i mean uh it's nice to say that those things could happen, but those things don't happen outside of cable TV anymore. Yeah, that's the thing. That's you why. Know, that's why everybody's worried. <laughs> all the good shows now are either online or on cable. I, you know, I guess there's Arrow, there's Adventures from Storybrook, or whatever the fuck. You know, uh, what, what is it? Uh, Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time, which I think those shows are terrible. <laughs> um, you know, 
not 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 to not to uh, we apologize to greetings from Storybrooke, our friend Bill Meeks's podcast, which is which is great. But I just like I don't know. I I understand people like Vampire Diaries and those shows, but what I've ever seen of them, they're not generally that good. The the plots are really easy to determine. Not to say that Korean shows don't have those. Like, a lot of Korean shows have really easy plots. Um, (laughs) But it's the translation in what I saw that I enjoy because of the cultural aspects in these things, like, like you said, like, yeah, the villains are sometimes cartoony, but then there's also this aspects of, of things that happen because, um, oh, you know, you have these people in these series that culture detects, dictates how they react to these things, right? Yeah. So then you, you come about it and you're like, Oh, this is, you know, this is a cultural thing. So I guess you have more people, more styles of people to pull from in American culture, but it's, it's just, it's going to be silly. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I don't know if we're going to be happy with all of these remakes. There may be one that stands out, but I'm not sure these are the ones you go for. I think you could pull off something like coffee prints really well. Um, because that's really easily translatable. Um, so, and, but the other thing is, these are things, these are the styles of things like Coffee Prince, My Lovely Samson, all those kind of shows are something that would be a movie here. You know? Yeah. Like, if Coffee Prince was idealized and created here, it would have been a romantic comedy movie. Yeah. All I'm wondering is, it, it... Uh, that, yeah, so it, I do, it, realistically, it's probably not gonna really be that, all that good. Uh, but it would be, it would be amazing. It is on ABC, which is, uh, the home of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And maybe, just maybe, <laughs> I could realize my dream of, uh, having, uh, Domin Jun, even though it's gonna be an American guy, uh, It'd be awesome if he was Korean. Domin Jun be part of the Avengers. Like I, like I thought he would be. <laughs> Have, uh, you know, Nick Fury show up and, you know, and like, hey, I got, I got a job for you. <laughs> uh, and then he's, he's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it'd be awesome. Uh, but yeah, I, it, realistically, it's probably not going to do well, but hey, uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it's still going to be interesting to see them, nonetheless, no matter good or bad, because <laughs> uh, it mm-hmm. always could be so bad it's good at the end of the day. Because sometimes shitty shows can be fun. Uh, but moving on to something that I think was the 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 aspect of Sunday that uh, turned out to be one of the most ridiculously fun things to follow. Uh, I think I think the best way to tackle this is. Go through the timeline, right? Uh-huh. Go through the timeline of what happened, word it out, and then we'll give our thoughts. All right. So let's go through the timeline. So Sunday, mm-hmm. I started keeping track of, uh, you know, doing my daily kind of keeping track of uh, articles and stuff like that. Uh, Sunday, apparently, uh, the leader of a group uh, that I think 
we tang- we both uh, I'm going to assume we both tangentially mostly mostly know uh probably purely through uh the knowledge of Kwang He's existence uh Zaya uh otherwise known as Children of Empire starts going off on Twitter uh he starts you know Zaya's leader Lee who went on a rant on Twitter uh that started off with uh just kind of going off on how his Group member got his ass beat, uh, in a, uh, MMA fight, uh, in his MMA debut, which I watched, and yeah, he got beat, uh, cause apparently they had, didn't have the decency to put a jobber in front of him like they did for some guy on, you know? <laughs> you know, when they debuted her, they put somebody who was kind of, you know, a 30 something year old lady who was making their debut, making her debut. You know, they didn't, they didn't actually fix the match. But they more or less did, you know, put a little meat on her, but whatever. Uh, you know, put a little cookie out there for her to devour, but they didn't do that. And, you know, he got hit, uh, and he got injured and he actually has, uh, had a broken nose and whatnot. So he starts going off, you know, started off with a series of tweets like, everyone, you know, I love you, right? <laughs> it's like, my, my profile fighter, my profile photo is of the Japanese athlete Tanaka who made our sales Tehun hurt. I wanted to, ha- I want to hate him a lot, but I felt again that professionals and amateurs are different. Was it two years ago? I went on to KBS Dream Team and broke my leg. If I didn't have this metal pin in my leg, uh, even if I get hit ten times, break my nose and fracture my face, I want to at least hit him just once. Uh, but I heard that it is his retiring match. I call my heart once again today with a sigh. Uh, anyway, the fighter will not forget his retiring match. He won against Korea's out of group Seiya and retired coolly. Day in surgery went well, blah, 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 Hope you know that loss became a sea of tears for someone and that a lot of people were sacrificed since you're a professional man, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, and he just kind of goes on and on and on about, the, about this. This is broadcast, right? You know, uh, would you have still done it if Taehoon was, I was Isaiah's fan were, or the members were the children you gave birth to yourselves? <laughs> I'm like, today as always, I spend all my night just sighing, sigh. And it's like, uh, you know, uh, it's like, okay, uh, I guess you're just kind of, uh, upset. I see. I understand that. But then he starts going off on their CEO, Shinju Ha. Uh, he then said, from now on, I will communicate and let all the public know what I've been keeping in my heart, what I saw with my eyes and the life I, life I felt through my tears. Please follow me, everyone. I especially ask the reporters to follow me. I will hint and promise that my SNS will be a place for me to cry out all the unfairness. From now on, I will just live as a human and a man. I will not pass by if I see injustice. I I shouldn't have kept it all in. All that came back to me were useless curses and and the depression that trapped me. Uh, There's nothing long to be said. I believe that a true leader, a true owner, a true king... And a sincere person should know how to listen to the cries of his people. I can't be tricky like a fox, but I will live justly like a lion. No, that's just my style and I won't hide it. Uh, I will show you what a true leader is, what sacrifice is, and I'll show you how tears turn to fury. I'm not joking. From now on, fun things will happen. If my Twitter account gets the leader muted, you can take that to mean that I'm being pressured by that kind of influence, but I'll break it all. Uh... <laughs> Know that sincerity and truth can connect and move hearts. Uh, and he just kind of keeps going. I cried and asked you to see, yo, Shinju Yak, Shinju Hak. 
I asked you not to cross the line. You crossed the line <laughs> that you shouldn't have, and now you must deal with it. My lid is open. Uh, and, and just kind of goes off for confirming a lot of the things that honestly we know about the industry and, and uh, confirming a lot of things we know about, uh, their long hours, low pay, uh, you know, but like very dramatically. Uh, uh, it's like, oh, ah, and I forgot something. If you threaten or try to buy out the rest of the AIDS AM members, I will do the same back to you. I'm prepared to break that as we all stop, uh, president. I'm not going to bear it any longer. Those kids, they're my children. I am an only child, and when I was lonely, they became like brothers to me. Don't touch them. They're mine. Don't take anything away from me anymore. I'll become a killer to protect my members and our fans. God, help! please help me and listen to my prayers. From now on, I will protect to fight to protect my people, Lord. Please protect me from having bad thoughts and acting badly for a bit. As much as I believe in you, believe in me, I will work to clear the blame of the singers who are being unfairly blamed. Amen. Uh, so he, he turns to the Lord. He's like, Lord, bless me. Uh, he becomes a preacher man. Uh, this is, and, and kind of, uh, in the article, they bring up, uh, things that this brought up all the arguments of, uh, Star Empire, this is the same group that, this is the same agency that, uh, manages nine muses who can't keep nine members, uh, together for very long to save their life. Because, <laughs> right. uh, you know, as soon as their contract runs out, they go, well, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Every right. Uh, and, but this is, and that's not all. Alright, this is kind of how it all started. Uh, this all got deleted fairly quickly. Uh, but it was very specific. It caught everybody's attention and it was a, bu- a big buzz about everything. Uh, and then he keeps going on. Uh, he continues to voice out, you know, uh, things about the contract, uh, about, you know, issues with money, basically confirming a lot of things about my, how, uh, low they got paid, uh, in general, and you know how they they didn't get paid at all. They they were hurt, uh, and you know a lot of the things we know about the industry. But he kind of put it out there on blast, uh, and you know the length of contracts and whatnot, uh, and you know it, it caused uh, the company to kind of put out a, a statement saying, well, we're looking into this, we're going to talk this over, it seems to be a financial matter, which, of course, I automatically read as, we're going to frame this as a financial matter, because that way we can uh, make him out to be greedy. <laughs> uh, but not to put my thoughts in there, but yeah, it, it, it kept going on there. And then the last, uh, uh, I think, not the last update, but one of the last updates is that they, they finally went to that meeting. Apparently he uh, went into the meeting and actually, uh, apparently got stuff changed. So, uh, he goes on Twitter and says, I finished talking with CEO Shinju Hak. It has now been decided that I, that we will run the Star Empire. We will make it into a Zaya company. Uh, everyone, uh, everyone, I promise you that this will be Zaya's day, that I'll either cause this all to collapse or absorb it entirely. Everyone, it's now time for you to please protect me. However, the truth is, in the end, uh, Shinju Hak has lost everything and has gone broke. I still resent him and hate him, but still I served under him for eight years and I gunned him down. 
that responsibility for that. I will accept the denouncement of the public and from our fans. CEO Shinju Hak and I will take responsibility for all the abuse and criticism. We have also decided to reverse the contract. 70 to us, 30 to CEO. Uh, they will soon be going through contractual changes with, uh, at Star Empire. Uh, he revealed, basically revealed that Shinju Hak is broke and uh, I imagine the company as well. Uh, and he leveraged that to kind of get better contracts. He goes, it goes on to say, what I want to say is that through this recent incident, all the agency CEOs are aware of the fact that there is a lot of issues with the contracts. I will keep my mouth shut. So I hope you will correct this and treat your artists better. Lastly, I respectfully, re- respectfully request this from you from the heart. If you really understand, uh, truly take the mindset that you're starting afresh, put everything aside and believe that this is your own children. Uh, and, I respectfully request that you do this again just once more. Uh, and he goes on and on and, uh, kind of putting other agencies out there to kind of, uh, 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 to, to change their ways and whatnot. And he goes, but I'm not a coward. I'll just keep quiet for a bit and observe to all these agencies and CEOs. I hope you will restore, resolve these issues internally, correct them and apologize for them. Uh, and th- that's, one of the big interesting parts and, and it just kind of keeps going and going and, and I can't imagine and it just keeps going and going and going and yeah. going and going and I could read all of this. Uh, there's a bunch of different articles basically there's a because bunch it, just, of- it just continued and continued to kind of, it was this thing that just is a pebble that rolled down a hill and turned into a fucking rock man. Yeah. And then at the bottom it landed and it's, it's turning into a mountain somehow, some way this thing is, is the new clickbait for, for Korean entertainment that's going on right now of Lee Hu going in here to star entertainment and basically holding a hostile takeover uh in in a sense like it, this is what he's done he's gone in and he's hostily taken over his the company that he he works for um and is saying that he's going to rebrand it in his in his eyes in his shape uh for himself for you the people so that everyone can be happy and then now he's on the forefront of calling out other people for things that we have talked about in the past that exist in the korean music industry of not paying their artists enough of of treating them more like cattle than people and don't fucking come at me from the PETA angle of being like, well, cattle shouldn't get treated that way either. I'm, let me make my point. Um, you know, and you, you, you bring these people in and you basically slaughter them and move on to the next and you continue to just go through this, this vicious cycle. And like we talked about, we made the comparison blood diamonds the other week and, yeah. and, and conflict diamonds and all these things that at the end of the day, you, you enjoy what comes out of it. You enjoy what comes out of the Korean industry machine. But when you look behind the curtain to see what's really going on and you see the man with the pulleys, who's really this big, powerful wizard. And you realize that, you know, all the, all this glitz and glamor that you see isn't spreading out the way it's supposed to be. Uh, that rhyme, <laughs> um, you know, and this is a lot of thing that a lot of the a lot of the hip hop artists in Korea talk about. Talk about you know not wanting to go to the big companies to to show their shine because they'll just get shuffled in with the rest of the cattle. They won't get their their time to to show who they are and to progress as artists and do these things. And they're like you know 
there's now an outlet for us, but there's not an outlet for these singers. Like these singers have to, if you want to be a singer, you have to fall into this cattle mentality to be an idol and do all these other things. And yeah, there are, there are other avenues. There are other ways. There are companies that do do good. There are companies that, that are not shady and, and pay their artists what they're worth. Um, but a lot of it is, it has a lot of sh- real shadiness to it. Yeah. Um, in Korea, in Japan, in Taiwan, in, in a lot of these places that make the East Asian, uh, products that we like and love, you know, and, yeah. and it's at the forefront that a lot of it is starting to change and it's, it's good. And this is, this may seem funny on the outside, you know, this may seem funny on the outset of, of, you know, this, how this happened, but at the same time, to, to really, really think about that this dude basically, he basically guerrilla warfared his way to being the CEO of his company now because that's what needed to be done. Um, uh, like I said, he walked into the, uh, into the office like Eric Bischoff and said, we're <laughs> taking over. And play, <laughs> like, play our porno music. Like, uh, and, uh, yes, I did in fact create a, NWS logo of Zaya and posted yeah. it in several places, uh, just cause, uh, uh, I'm, I'm a nerd and I have too much time on my hands. Actually, I don't <laughs> have too much time on my hands. I don't know why I'm wasting my life on this stuff. Uh, but that's what it is, what it is. Yeah. It, it's, it's definitely interesting. I know that there's some aspect to this where he's, he just kept going off, uh, on, on everything. Uh, of course, there's, there's an aspect of this where you wonder where his men, where his mindset is at, where his, where his brain is at. Uh, just cause when somebody goes off on a Twitter tangent, you wonder if like this was a breaking point and they may not be going, they might not be at their best, uh, place mentally. So you always want to check in. But the idea that he, he's going to keep calling people out and, uh, calling out the industry. Anytime that somebody calls out the industry, uh, I, it, I, well, I, I say that like if it happens. It doesn't happen. Nobody calls out the industry. It's only happened Brad of uh, fucking Busker Busker, you know, the American dude who's got to be the drummer for a Korean, uh, indie band. He called out the industry and he got wailed on and called a lazy bum. Uh, of course, you know, cause he dared to question whether, you know, they should have to work 18 hours a day or something like and uh constantly go from event to event and, and thought this whole thing was was ridiculous the whole way the industry works and overworking industry works was thought was ridiculous and he got blasted for it so nobody really uh calls out the industry for a lot of the stuff that's like uh that it really needs to be called out on uh and it's in it's an issue with the entertainment industry in uh, East Asia in general. It's several issues. And of course there's, there's even issues in all of the entertainment industry in the entire world, just in their own different pockets. There's, uh, issues of, uh, privacy and these issues, uh, all types of issues. But these are some unique issues that really get into the core of the culture. And of course that's why it's hard to really come at it and try to change it because it's so seeped into not just the entertainment industry, but just culture in general. 
because mm-hmm. I think I've, we've said it before, working to your, working till you drop is a Korean thing. Period. It's not a music entertainment thing. It's a Korean thing. It's a Japanese thing. It's, you know, it's an, it's, an, it's a, it's a thing. In general, you don't leave the, your office until your boss leaves your office. You know, you, you, you work overtime all the time. Of course, you don't get paid overtime, but you work all day and you get home when it's dark and like you barely see your family. You know, it's, that's what it is to work. And that's the way it has to be. Uh, as far as they're concerned, uh, it's a, it's something that that it's so seeped into the culture that it's hard to change. But when somebody actually goes out and says something to that says, "Okay, this isn't exactly how it's supposed to be," like that something needs to change, uh, and uh, it's always good to see that somebody would be willing to put themselves out on a limb to say something needs to change. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that that's basically it. If, if, I don't know if I made much sense, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, but that's basically kind of what I thought. I thought it was interesting. I I loved the the parallels to <laughs> the NWO a little too much, and I thought it was absolutely <laughs> fun just watching the ridiculousness of all this going on. And yeah. I I did ju- I did love uh the Justice for Sarah. Uh, aspect of this, uh, of course, Ryu Sarah, former member of, uh, uh, Nine Muses, who's now just a YouTuber who puts up, uh, covers of songs on her YouTube and actually has, which, uh, which is a cool thing for her because I actually saw forum posts where somebody had commented on her YouTube, uh, and I want to find it right now, but uh, they commented on her YouTube, kind of call it, uh, kind of, you know, a troll, you know, YouTube comments, uh, and whatnot. And let me see. Alright, so gonna find it. You guys can watch me look for this. <laughs> uh but she's got a YouTube channel now and and it's got eleven thousand subscribers. Like she gets tens of thousands of YouTube views on her on her page and which again, it's not millions, it's not, you know, a uh, big time idol level, but it's that's respectable. Like that's a respectable amount of subscribers, and that's a respectable amount of people consistently watching your work. To which uh, she replied, "Is like somebody uh, decided to comment. It's like how do you, how, this is a fun comment. How does it feel knowing you have passed your prime from being on nationwide television to getting ten thousand views on shitty YouTube videos? Shame." To which Ru replies simply, "Awesome, honestly. That's it." Awesome. Because like, if you really think about it, she went from being in this ridiculous, uh, you know, group, overworked, abused, as, as has been actually evident on, on the documentary they did a while back for the BBC, uh, you know, physically and emotionally abused to actually making her own things and kind of doing fun things on her own, doing, deciding what she wants to do and actually having a good round of people that actually go to specifically to her YouTube page and, uh, support her, you know, she's like 11,000 and some odd uh, subscribers, uh, that watch her videos. And it's, yeah, I imagine that's what it is. She's creating, she's on the verge. I imagine of creating her own content. She's doing fun covers and she's having fun. So of course she's going to say, 
yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Doing, you know, YouTube videos. It's kind of awesome, you know, being your own person. So, Justice for Sarah, which is, was an actual cool aspect of it all. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was definitely an, an interesting Sunday to say the least. Hashtag interesting. Uh, I think that's all, that's all that can be said about all that. <laughs> uh, we could go on, we could ramble on forever, but that's pretty much all that can be said yeah. about that. I mean, like I said, it, 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 there's a changing tide coming for the Korean music industry and hopefully, hopefully for the Japanese music industry and the Taiwanese music industry. Yeah. Um, that will just make things slightly better. And I know it seems ridiculous and kitschy to be talking about a billion dollar industry, but when you talk about a billion dollar industry, Talking about you know, who gets the cut of the pie. Like, who gets the cut of the pie? Uh, and also how, how the people on the, and specifically how the people on the come up are treated. Like, how people in industries overwork, uh, people try, just trying to chase their dream, uh, and things like that. But, uh, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's a discussion we could have forever and probably not really make a whole lot of sense most of the time. So let's just end it there and move on to our Halajuku talk segment. We're actually going to be talking about B2B. B2B. So join us over there. Action. Action. Be in the place to be. Action. Welcome to Hollywood Talk segment. Um, this week we're going to be talking about another random album for um, PD this week. Uh, it's a group called uh, B, BTOB uh, yeah, with their B2B. album BB. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Beep Beep. Uh, B2B, a group, uh, from Cube Entertainment, uh, you know, label mates of, uh, let's go along with Gina, uh, Four Minute, uh, now with the, I think with the, the, the restructuring and the, like, forming, so it has all the A-Cube as well, so they're label mates with Rain, A-Pink, uh, and a series of other artists. Uh, B2B, otherwise known as Born to Beat, uh, with their mini album, and I had to say, I'll I'll give a little bit of a recap how it came about. This, of course, we th- what this came about because we like to kind of we go to cons, uh, the both of us, and usually there's a sizable K-pop booth at uh, at the various cons that we go to. However, <laughs> uh, as I do my best, Stephen A. Smith there. However, uh. Uh, dra- I, I was at Dragon Con and there wasn't quite a K-pop booth, but there was a booth with some stuff and including K-pop. It's a very tiny booth. I should have taken a picture. It was kind of adorably tiny. Uh, but I did find a couple albums there. I found Sistar's, uh, second to last album, uh, and I found B2B's. And I thought, well, this is interesting. I know of this group, uh, but I've never really listened to an album. Uh, how familiar are, I, I, I don't know what we talked about, I think we talked about it a bit, but for how familiar are you with B2B, uh, Kaz? Not at all. I've heard of them, um, 
uh, I've I've heard of them, but I've never looked into any of their stuff. So this was the first time I'm hearing them, and it was one of those situations where I was like, "Oh, this is why I've never heard of them," because <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't overall impressed by by what I heard. Yeah, I'm getting to um, our impressions. Like it starts out okay. It starts out with the kind of their main uh a promotional single, uh the title track Deep Deep Bang Bang. Uh otherwise known as Beep Beep. Uh it is their main track and it starts out it the beat starts out promising and then it just kind of goes into kind of a very comfortable place. And I think does generally well. Uh yeah. And and I, I actually kinda of dug the the first track. Uh what what was your impression kind of as as it started and as it uh, uh, your thoughts going into through the first track uh so the start is okay i think it like you said it, it it's a pretty good lead in track um musically it's okay there's not a lot wrong with it but i think it starts to fall off and i think it even starts to fall off in that first track like there's just disjointed boy pop music that doesn't really go anywhere yeah it kind of it's tough to really find a a center place with this mini album uh especially which is odd because like you know it's only four tracks but it kind of goes a bunch of different places musically that Mm -hmm. are tangential in, in some ways but uh a little disjointed like you go with the doo doo bang bang, which is kind of a hip hop R and B kind of a poppy song, and then the the next track you got uh till the end, I believe, or something like that. Uh, I wish I, I wish I had a better uh track listing, but it goes to their next track track, which is good. I mean, but yeah. not great. It's a slow melody, you know, R and B song. Yeah, and. Kind of moves through that. Uh, moves through that. It's a, it, is this the end? Uh, and it's kind of a, you know, slow ballad song. And then you have, uh, Yoba after that. Uh, otherwise known as Hello. Uh, Yoba like that. Uh, it, it, which is an okay song. Kind of have a cool, uh, sound to it, but, doesn't really go a lot of places. And I think the same thing you can say for Hello Mellow, uh, and the kind of the, the, and then it kind of ends up with the schmaltzy mel, a, a ballad that was made for their, uh, fandom, uh, never ending melody. Melody hmm. being the fan club name. So it was like, Hey girls, this one's for you. <laughs> this song's yeah. for you and you and you and you. Like, ah, me to me. And I think, <laughs> uh, solidifying why boy groups are more successful than girl groups. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Were there moments that you kind of, uh, what would be, what would you say are the highlights for, for this album? What are you, what would be the high points? Um, the good is the first track. Um, the second track I, I somewhat enjoy. I didn't, I didn't, dislike it in any way uh hello mellow is okay uh but other than that the 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 melody 
and track three are just kind of blah. Yeah. I think, uh, overall, I think, uh, it, it's a, it's a disappointing album, I think, overall, but, um, all right, yeah, it, overall, it's kind of disappointing. It doesn't really go a lot of places where you can kind of really put a pin on. Uh, say this is okay. This is the definitive B two B sound, uh, and kind of it doesn't find that really, at least for me. So it, without that, there's nothing for you to kind of build around me- mentally uh, with mm-hmm. the, with the, with the album, and it it doesn't find its center. I think it's the main thing about this album. Uh, yeah, I think I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it just can't find its center. Uh, where do you where do you think this could have been different? Where where do you think this could have been improved? Um, I think the factor of only having one high energy song and then the others all slow makes it disjointed. So I think a better mix would have been good. Um, and I don't know, it could have just been vocal arrangement. If you change that up a little bit, maybe you get something different out of it. You know, it's it's really hard to say. Um because it it it's has a it's almost there kind of pace and it's like maybe if you just worked on it a little bit more, maybe if you just tweak this, you know, or that. Because they seem to be able, like in this video that you're showing, they perform really well. They show really well. It's just, you know, what is that thing musically that's missing? And it's hard to pinpoint that, you know? It's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is that that's missing in this. Yeah. But you know there's something missing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to really kind of put a hammer on it, but yeah, it, it's, it's something there that just, isn't there. There's something that isn't there. Uh, and we're, we would hope, hopefully, uh, that they kind of find it. Uh, they are coming back soon with a new, uh, with a comeback, you know, uh, even though they had already released something this year. I love the, the, the comeback, uh, with Move. And, uh, it's going to have to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that builds upon and if that improves things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They, uh, that is mainly for our enjoyment, which might not be important in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> so we'll have to see. But I mean, hopefully they do put together something good for for um, Move. Uh, there's no, definitely not a bad album. This one, uh, yeah, it's definitely not a bad release. Uh, it just kind of it it just doesn't quite find its center. So we'll have to see how they progress things for this upcoming single. They're gonna, they've already got the, the uh, kind of the teaser images. They, they got them teaser images. We're gonna have to see, waiting to get that 30 second cut. Uh, as we, as we like to say, that 30 second cut, see how that turns out. Uh, mm-hmm. and then we'll, we're gonna have to find out, uh, once it's actually out. It's um, not a real comeback until there's a 30 second trailer. And unless you're YG, then it, just as something that uh is to tease you and then doesn't actually ever come out. Yeah, exactly. God damn it, YG. But enough about YG. I think uh overall I thought um B2B were uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. 
Uh, that's it. That's it for another fine episode of Halujuku. A nice little, quick little Halujuku talk segment, but there's not much to, uh, I think, uh, it's for the better. <laughs> yeah. We got in here, we got in and out and we're good. Uh, Kaz, what do you got going on in your, your, your neck of the woods? Uh, like I said, um, working on new podcast, uh, some YouTube video gaming junk that's gonna be out later. Uh, once I get a video card that can actually handle the recording of the games that I put it through, uh, and I get my, uh, black, well, not black magic. I'm gonna order a different capture device, but once I get my capture device, so there'll be some destiny and some other stuff and some other junk. It'll all be there for you to be like, ugh, why is he playing that? And, yeah. To judge, yeah, all for the internet to judge you. Uh, and of course, you can follow me at PD Rave. Uh, you got the same old things going on. The show is at Halijuku, uh, Halijuku dot com, uh, KpopPodcast.com. Really easy to, uh, URL to share with your friends is, is easier to say than Halijuku dot com. Uh, you know, follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, all over the place. Uh, just subscribe to us, share, like us, uh, but, yeah, just let us know how we're doing. Until next time, hasta los huevos. Alright. Fight. Oh.